I'm Joanne Wilson, and this is Positively Gotham Gal, meaningful conversations with women entrepreneurs about their approach to life, business, and everything in between. Susanna Villa is the co-founder and CEO of Flip, an online service that helps renters get out of their leases and helps subletters find new apartments. Susanna cut her teeth in the world of political NGOs before realizing that her real passion was entrepreneurship and her first order of business was tackling a problem she'd been dealing with for years. Let's talk about Flip. What I love, one of the things I love about Flip, the Instagram is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that came about very organically. We... Uh, we knew we wanted to have some kind of presence on Instagram, but we also knew that people were sick of traditional brand Instagram accounts. You're not you're not going to follow something if it's just pretty apartment photos, right? Totally. And you go on Instagram for entertainment. You scroll through and you want to laugh or find something to entertain yourself. So we were like, you know, what what are people actually looking at now that's making them laugh? It's largely memes. It was just my my team kind of brought it to my attention that like there's a whole world of of very specific memes on the internet that I actually wasn't that um, dialed <laughs> <tune> into. <laughs> <laughs> but once I realized it, I realized they actually had these very specific opinions about memes, the what they call the normie memes, yeah. the, the the edgy memes. I was like, oh, we got to do this. We got to make we got to make like an Instagram account, which is super weird memes because that's going to be what kind of cut through the, the the noise. I was just looking yesterday, someone wrote in one of the comments on one of our, our memes, our Instagram account, like, oh, I, I looked at your, your app on, on iTunes and I saw a bad review, but I'm downloading this purely because I like the meme so much. So I think it's helped to build more trust among our target audience. Amazing. So, but let's, before we start talking about flip, let's go back. You know, you grew up in where? New York. No, you always think I grew I up in New York. I always think you opened up because you Which I take as a New huge Yorker. compliment. I always think you I, are I, a New I, Yorker. Sometimes I don't even, I don't even correct you because I just love it. Um, but I grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Right. You are not a Cambridge, not a Massachusetts girl <laughs> whatsoever. God, that's no. so funny to me. Yeah, I know. So mm-hmm. my parents went, moved right when I graduated high school. They were dying to move to New York City and I went to NYU. So um, it was a good move for the whole family. Right. My brother already lived here. So we just quickly became a New Yorker family. Um, which is maybe connected to why you thought that we... Yeah, well, you have a New York attitude. Yeah. You know, and listen, I think some people come to New York and they're New Yorkers on the second day they're here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, these are my people. This is where I belong. For sure. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Don't expect me to be friendly on the street. <laughs> I will scowl at you. It'll be okay. <laughs> Nobody will right. care. <laughs> yeah, I completely. Yeah, for sure. So you went to NYU. I, I graduated from NYU. I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to go into journalism. Um, everybody told me I should get an internship. I'd already done internships. They told me there was like this one internship that was very organized and I was going to learn a lot and get a, you know, great role, uh, at a magazine called the nation magazine. I know the nation. Right. Um, and did you get there? And I did that right after college. And, uh, I found myself covering the first Obama campaign with a bunch of people who are way more experienced than me, learned a ton Got really in the weeds on just like the first use of technology for organizing people. So how long did you stay there? Um, about a year. And then uh, and then everybody who had worked on the campaign after he won on the new media team, they were all going to go start this organization program like funded by the State Department with Hillary uh, after she had become Secretary of State to kind of do what they had done here internationally. 
Um, and then I got hired by them to run that network essentially. So build a network of people around the world that were using technology for social change. And so did you feel, you know, as someone who grew up with technology, that this particular group of people in politics were using social media for a very different platform that had never been used before? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was fascinated by the new ways that people were communicating. Um, I just, I loved to dig into that and figure out what was happening, what was not happening and how the old things, the things that had always, always been the case were still the case and Mm -hmm. how new ways of communicating were kind of accelerating what people had always uh, done. And it continues to change. Right. You know, which is kind of amazing. So you decided after two years, I'm done. I decided uh, that I wanted to go to business school. I I knew that uh, my mom especially really wanted me to, to get an MBA and because I needed kind of a refresh and I felt that we were all kind of um, running up against the wall, the international development nonprofit world where everybody was obsessed with what tech companies were doing and what really just tech companies were right. doing and, and, and then the scale and the impact you could have, but they weren't in it. They weren't close to it. They didn't really know what they were talking about and me included um, well, it made sense. I mean, what's interesting is, you know, for some people getting an MEA is just an extension of their education because they can't figure out what they want to do. But I think the most important reason to get an MBA is for where you were. You were in this completely different world and it was like, how am I going to get to the other side? Right, exactly. And the MBA is the perfect ladder. Right. Yeah. Um, so I thought that I was going to then uh, – get a job at a big tech company. I was like, you know, I've never worked at a big company. I've always, you know, really done my own thing. I can't imagine you working at a big company. I mean, now that I know myself better, you know, a few years later, yeah, I wouldn't work at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for the first year there, I was very gung-ho about it. That's The other point of the MBA is also just all of a sudden you have this, your whole world opens up. You can do anything at all, right? And then you have to actually, through the process of elimination, narrow it down. And, and with me, I narrowed it down. And I found myself pretty much back at where I had started, which is that I just want to be an entrepreneur. This is what excites me. Right. Um, so you found yourself in many ways. Yeah. Um, and it was through really, uh, you know, after a year of interviewing and, and, and thinking about getting a job at a large tech company, the idea for Flip kind of took a hold of me and I became obsessed with it. And how to flip, like take hold of you. I mean, you love to move from apartment to apartment. Yeah. So I had always, um, just really gone after the next opportunity that excited me over rather than staying in a lease because I was needed to figure out because I had that lease. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course this had never really connected in my head as a, as a business idea until, that year, my first year at Columbia, where um, I was on what I don't know my tenth, fifteenth, twentieth apartment rental lease I'd ever been on in New York, not to not even including in other parts of the world. <laughs> and I had come back thinking, okay, now I'm going to settle down. I'm 28. I was on and off with the same boyfriend for my entire 20s, and uh, we we moved in together, and it was like this is now it, you know. We're gonna this. We're gonna this be with each other forever, right? Um, for lots of different reasons, it didn't work out, and we were. I was a year into 
the MBA program and, and we wanted to break up and separate and we had this apartment and I, neither of us wanted this bigger apartment. I wanted to move closer to school. He wanted to move back to Brooklyn. Um, I was so inundated with, with the schoolwork because yeah, you're in the middle finance, of the, right for sure. MBA. I was really stressed out. Um, and I, it occurred to me through doing research and talking to some, some real estate lawyers and, and, and brokers that you could sell your lease. Honestly, yeah, that there was this on-ramp towards a legal way to just get out. Um, and nobody knew about it. And I just became obsessed with this idea because I knew that there were so many people who were breaking up with each other, wanting to move in when, when their lease terms weren't over yet. Or moving. Just want to move, uh, changing jobs, going to college, going to and get their MBAs. I knew there were so many people even just like within my little network at Columbia that mm-hmm. needed this. Um, and and from there, it was really just about uh, thinking, okay, well, how can I make this happen? What is it? <laughs> you know, what would we offer? And what does this look like? What does this look like? Yeah. So you got out of your lease. Uh, yeah. And um, so I found someone to take over my lease, um, which is how I managed to just got somebody in there and I left. Um, and it was pretty seamless. Yeah, I mean, of course, I did more work than I want like our users to be doing now. Right. But but uh, it was, well, that's how you figured it out, right? Um, and then I started offering it to my classmates. So by that time, we were we were uh, approaching the end of the second year, um, or just thinking about it. And so a lot of people were moving, and they had apartments that or they wanted to get rid of, them. right? So I just started actually like flyered Columbia, like put it on weird like email lists in Columbia. And I got all these people being like, yeah, I need that. Yeah, I need that. Yeah, I need that. And I just started uh, matching people who I would just put, I would, I made like a Squarespace website, which is like a splash page. Mm -hmm. And I made it seem like it was a real thing. Right. This is your A-B testing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I would take the, the people who would, who would say I needed this. I, I, I had pictures taken of their apartments. I put them up on the on the website as if it was like a real marketplace, but it was just like a Squarespace site. And um, and then we would send it out on like bigger networks, like on Street Easy and Craigslist. And we would get people who would say, yeah, I want to live there, right? And so that was kind of proving the concept. And then the people would apply. We would get them in there, get the, let the other person leave. The other person would be like, oh my God, you saved my life. We had like one of these, two of these, three of these, all just people that I knew. Um, you thought I'm onto something here, right? Right, because there was so much. There was a lot of demand on both sides. People wanted to move in because people, a, everyone just wants an apartment. But these are apartments that you can try out for six months and then re-sign the lease if you if you decide you like it, right? Or apartments that you can stay in by the month. And um, were you doing this by yourself at this point, or you had a partner? Uh, <clears throat> I was doing it. From the beginning of when the idea started, well, so I had initially there was one woman who I uh, like was talking about doing it with, and that fizzled out. Probably a different story, but uh, then my classmate at Columbia said, "Oh, I want to work on it with you," and he joined as a full time partner. You met him; he was mm-hmm. our, our co founder for a year, uh, and so I wasn't doing it on myself. It was very much kind of my idea, but I I didn't really have the Puts but to do it on myself at that point. I felt like well, I it's always a great to have a partner. Yeah, it but points. not at the expense of 
choosing the wrong partner. Well, you know, it's no different than, you know, you went, you were in this something for a long time, then you went to get an MBA and you found yourself. I think that young entrepreneurs to find the right partner is probably right. not as, uh, it's probably more rare than you think. I just, right. I, yeah. you know, I mean, there's more people that get rid of their co-founders than stick with them. For sure. And I've been very lucky with my my remaining co-founder. You've we, been extremely lucky. And he's a great counterbalance to you. Yeah, he is. We're a really good team. Right. So so now's the end. School ends. You've got this company. And you're like, I'm going to build this thing. Yeah, I got – so I I got my first angel investment check um, from Zach Ahrens when we, before we graduated. And, and how did you know Zach? Through Columbia. He came to speak at a panel at Columbia. And I went up to him after and I was like, what do you think about this? And he said, yeah, that seems great, but you need more evidence or something. And that's when I kept doing the, the the pilots or whatever you want to call them. And then after I'd done a bunch of them, I was like, yeah, I have more evidence. Let's meet again. And around then, he he was like, yeah, I want to invest. And so when, I, when he said it was just $25,000, but when he said that he wanted to invest, at that point, it was like point of no return for me. I once you took the money, you're like, okay, right. I'm going to buy – I can build this business. <laughs> right. It's $25,000. Um, but Zach was uh, such a supporter. He introduced me to you. He introduced me to everybody that I could ever want to meet in New York. And he was just like, this is a huge idea. It is a huge idea. We've got to do this together. And he was just such a believer. So you came to see me right after you graduated sometime in August. Mm-hmm. And you had very – you really had very little traction at that point. I would say we had no, I mean, we had no. You had, like, you had like five or six people had flipped. Yeah. We didn't have any kind of product. And you had joined, you were looking to join Techstars. I don't think you had found out yet, but I remember emailing Alex. Yeah. Well, actually, I uh, a friend of mine had said, um, you should apply to Techstars. I think the, when Alex gets, when Alex would get uh, applications for a Techstars class, after he would get them all in, he would look them and be like, I need more. So he would like ping his network and be like, can you send me more companies? And so this friend of mine was like, you, you should tell Alec, it's already over, but why don't you apply to Techstars? And it really hadn't occurred to me to apply to Techstars because um, I felt like we just, I just done like an MBA. Like, do I need another? But it's a completely different experience. Yeah. I mean, come on. So much, I mean, Eon's more effective than the MBA actually, but, um, but but yeah, he like pushed me into it. And then I went and I met Alex and I, we ended up doing Techstars uh, that September we started. So right after, so pretty soon after I met you. Right. You're right. Yeah. And then you came back to meet me again. And then I came back to meet you again. Right. One of my favorite lines. What did I say? Well, first of all, you know, and actually I've been talking about not this line, but it's in the same mode, which is um, you came to see me in August and I was like, this is super interesting um, this is a really big idea, but you got to show, I want to see more traction. Yeah. And I knew you were thinking about the tech stars. I actually emailed Alex as well. Then you got into the tech stars. You came back to see me in, I think maybe the end of September. Yeah. It was like right after the program started. And you were definitely much more animated about what you were doing. And, um, you had built something and you were in the tech stars program and you wanted to raise more money i said okay where are you again in your you know where's your cap and i was like okay and you looked at me and you said are you in are you are you in now or are you in later right 
And I thought, you know what? I love Matt. I was like, I'm in now. (laughs) And you know what? You have to be shameless like that. I mean, you really do. I was talking to someone about this young man I know who is right now, um, you know, you go through these companies where they let you work for three months and decide if there's a culture fit. Huh. Which I think is a great thing. Um, You know, Planta does that when they place right. people, companies like, uh, you know, Foursquare does this. I think VaynerMedia does this. Cool. And um, it's a win for everybody. And um, when I was at Macy's, you had to go on these interviews for the next job. And the second job that I interviewed for, because I had, was ready for the next one, and I went for my first interview. Yeah. And he said to me, are you organized? And I was like, very. He's like, okay, do you have any questions for me? And I said, yeah, when do I start? <laughs> what do you say? He's like, extremely soon. Okay, and that so was she's it. Organized. You know, but it was the same thing. It was yeah. like, you know, I don't have to, I didn't have to take the job, but it was like, you you have to expect you're going to get the job or you're going to have to expect you're going to get the capital. Yeah. You know, it's just how the nuances of how things are phrased. Right. And that's especially, I think, a thing with fundraising because no investor wants to have the reason the company continues to raise money or exist be, be them, right? They want the train to be moving with or without them. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, so you went through the Techstars program and yeah. um, and you did some, some things that I think are really interesting. First of all, you had a very hard time raising capital out afterwards. And I think it says something about many investors didn't see how big of an idea this was. Yeah. It was hard to see the big. It was hard to see the big. It was like, well, you should be talking to the landlords. It's like the whole yeah. point is not to talk to the landlords. Right. Um, and then um, and then you ended up getting um, a round done, you know, with USV, which is, you know, everyone's dream. Right. And then all those people wanted to come in later. Right. You know, it was like, no, I'm sorry, we're done with you. Um, but you took that capital and you looked at your business and you're like, I need to rebuild this entire platform. Yeah, basically. That was a ballsy move. Yeah, the, it was kind of funny. You, you, We closed around and then the numbers, you expect the numbers to go up and to the right after you close around. They went down. <laughs> they went down and to the right um, for a while. And it was just like, you know, we're very lucky to have an extremely great board. You and Andy and everybody at USV just completely understood that's what we were doing. But it was kind of like holding everyone's hand, saying like, "Grin and bear it, grin and bear it, grin and bear it." I promise we'll get better. I promise we'll get better. Um, and it did, and it was absolutely the right thing to do. To- it was a hundred percent the right thing yeah. to do. But it's very similar to actually how you found yourself. You saw something in your business, and you knew that what you had built wasn't what the fit was. Yeah. Well, I knew that um, in 2018, making any kind of rental marketplace, secondary, primary, whatever, it has to be transactional. You can't go and try and make another Craigslist. You have to get close to the transaction. Um, And I wasn't going to even be excited myself about a company or about a product that wasn't close to the transaction. And I have to be excited about it for me to keep doing it. So Completely. we had to we had to get close to the transaction. And every all of you and, and at USV really felt that way too. And yeah, we had to rebuild the platform in order to do that. Um, and the minute you rebuild it, it took off. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's even necessarily that simple, but there have been clear inflection points where we offered a new feature, and users are just like, yes, 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 and that's 
And that would happen. So you're essentially flipping leases in New York. And you can do this in other cities as well. Yeah, so our biggest markets are New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. And residential. Just residential, yeah. We will just be doing that for the time being. There's a lot more. Uh, and is it mostly organic that people are finding you, or is it... Yeah, so the way we grow is people either finding out about us through word of mouth and searching for us, or people searching for related keywords and finding us. Um, and actually, the benefit of that is that we have never said, we need to go into this market. We said, uh, this market is really blowing up. I don't know why, but it's happening, so we'll lean into it. So New York, we have a lot of word of mouth in New York. It's definitely our biggest market. Um, then all we started sudden, here. Yeah, and there's a huge need for us here. Um, in Chicago, which I never really would have expected, all of a sudden we looked at the platform and we were like, oh, we have 50 available apartments to take over in, in Chicago right now. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, we have 75. Now we have 100. We didn't do anything. People just started using us there. Which is amazing. Um, and then we'll lean into it, right? We'll start, we'll spend spend money on on paid acquisition, on, on brand awareness and, and try and grow it there. So we get to a point where um, you're, right now in New York, like you're 70% likely, I think, to get uh, an inquiry if you list your apartment mm-hmm. on Flip. It's pretty fit. Pretty, um, pretty high. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just a little bit shy of that actually in Chicago and LA. Um, Which is incredible. Yeah. And do you think it, it – and, and, and who's your customer? I mean, is it anyone – is it mostly people in their 20s who are – you know, like, which I think is the most difficult time period to like figure out where you're going, what you're doing, changing jobs. What am I going to do with my life? Yeah. So it goes into your 30s. It's really just think about it in terms of life changes. So the first most common one is love related things. So breaking up or moving in with each other. Um, people often, especially in New York, I think in other cities as well, sign leases because they just don't want to be paying rent to places. Right. Um, even though they maybe aren't ready to move in with each other. That leads to a lot of breakups and leases that people have to get rid of. Um, and then a lot of job relocations, not even just big city relocations, but you're changing jobs and you're moving. You want to be in closer to your job, so you want to be on the other side right. of the borough. You want to be deep in Brooklyn yeah. if you're you know, working on the Upper East Side. Right. Or you can, can, you're earning more money now, so you want a nicer place, so you want to flip your old place. And then after that, it's it's um, it goes up in the age range because we have uh, we have people who are buying homes and having babies, and that's another big reason for for uh, for using us. Um, so those are the, the four big ones. Amazing, yeah, that's great. I mean, you could be in London as well. I mean, is oh, it yeah. is it viable? Like, can you do this in other places around the world? Yeah. I mean, I think um, of it is a very urban thing. It's a very urban thing. It's very um, fitting for. Markets, cities where um, you just have a lot of mobile people, right? So cities where there is a lot of transients and where the jobs pull in people who are the types of people who are going to be upwardly mobile for between, you know, actually for their whole lives and definitely between in their 20s and 30s. And they're not going to have one job for, for their whole life. And that's pretty much most people now, at least people who are... I mean, you have to wonder if someone would do that at this point. Do what? Like have a job for their whole life. I mean, I'm... Yeah, I'm just, if anybody ever tells me they've had a job for more than three years, I get astounded. Um, but yeah, so what cities are those? 
you know, all, like all the big cities. And interestingly enough, in, in the U.S., not even just the big cities, actually more so the secondary cities. So this is where you see big tap tech hubs emerging in places like Austin, Denver, Boulder. For sure. Denver, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I believe the next decade is all about the secondary cities. Yeah, and that's where the growth is too. So we haven't yet been pulled organically into those cities in a huge way. We definitely have some users there, but I think that we're going to be really big in those cities too as we grow. Very interesting. Cool. We'll flip if you need to move your apartment and uh, you don't like where you're living, get on flip and make a change. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming today. Thank you. Thank you to Susanna for joining me on the podcast this week. If you're curious about flip, you can check them out at flip.lease. I want to thank all our listeners for joining us in 2018. Have a wonderful holiday season, a happy new year, And we'll see you back on the Entrepreneurial Grind in 2019.